Ciao, sono Vincenzo Riccardi, sketch card artist per i set Marvel Upper Deck. Ho realizzato i set Marvel Flare 2019 e Marvel Weekly 2019. State ascoltando il podcast di Marvel Tadinkal Collectors. Buon divertimento! Everybody. My name is Ian Taylor and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. On any ocean-going voyage, he's never going to book into steerage and will be first class for the entire trip. In fact, one could say his cabin is on the upper deck. It's Norin Rad. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm so high class. I love it. You are, you are, you are high class. So sir. fancy. You are. Um, that's kind of a, a, le- a lead-in, really, to our guest this week. Yes, we have another guest, folks. Two weeks in a row. Don't say that we don't spoil you. <laughs> um, so our guest this week, um, you'll you'll know him um, possibly, potentially, if you've been on some of the various forums and Facebook groups as Upper Deck Matt. Um, and with us this evening on uh, this evening, this afternoon, it's evening where I am. It's it's morning where you are. Um, it's Matt Rogers from Upper Deck. Hello, Matt. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> really good. Thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Matt. No problem. Um, so um, I, I've kind of seen your name around on the forums, and and you know I've seen your name on Blowout um, and various other places, but I know nothing about you and what your role is at Upper Deck, mm-hmm. uh, apart from the fact that they they kind of wheel you out to talk to us um, unclean, un, unshaven <laughs> uh, collectors. So um, tell us about yourself. What, what, uh, what do you do? Where do you come from? Uh, so um, my, my uh, role at Upper Deck is product development manager. Um, basically, the short version is that um, so for all the product development managers, we have to basically build the products out from a, starting at essentially a pen and paper stage. Um, so what we'll do is we will basically say, all right, we need a product and I want it to contain the following. And it'll be, you know, a base card that is X amount of or a base card checklist that is X amount of cards. And then I'll say, I want these inserts and then I want these autographs and then I want these sketch cards. And then I'll say, all right, now I need these base cards to fall at this many per pack. And then I need this insert to fall at this many per box. And I need this these sketch cards to fall at this many per case. Um, Basically building a product, an entire production run on maybe two pages of an Excel document because it's all just it's it's challenging and it's all a balancing act. Um, it's kind of trying to get, um, you know, the, that that sweet spot or that that, you know, that uh, that that center area of what's going to be uh, what people will really be wanting to try and pursue and try to get. Um, and there's a bunch of variables with it. Um, a lot of the hockey guys do essentially the exact same thing um, at the moment. My role is predominantly Marvel and entertainment based. Um, I've been in this role for about six years now, um, actually to almost six years to the day. Um, and um, during that time frame, like I said, mostly entertainment, mostly Marvel related stuff. Um, I do a little bit of hockey um, and a little bit of oddball, like not the stuff that can't really be categorized in um, yeah. mm. you know, hockey, entertainment or Marvel. Um, but yeah, like I said, mostly Marvel related stuff. 
that's been my whole world for six years. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so did you join Upper Deck six years ago? Uh, yes, I did. Right. And I, I, so did they bring you on board when the kind of Marvel license came on board? That kind of sounds about the right time. I, I was I missed the initial return of the Marvel license by about, uh, I want to say, three years, four okay. years. Because our first release was Iron Man 2. Uh, oh, right. So, so I, I missed that boat. I was originally on the East Coast. I was in. I've been an East Coast person pretty much all my life before I moved out to California. Um, I was bumping around between pretty much Philadelphia and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was out there, I was working out there, and I lost my job um, where I was. And I had a good friend from high school that I kept up with, um, and she said, "Why don't you try looking for a job out here?" Um, so I was like what do I have to lose? I started looking through various uh, areas and I saw upper deck and my mind immediately went to um, baseball cards. Cause yeah. I, when I was a kid, I collected baseball cards and obviously upper deck was very big in baseball. Um, so I was like, they have a product development role. You know, my, I, my previous job, I was an editor for um, an independent comic book company called Zenoscope. If you guys are familiar with them. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I, I had a lot of comic book knowledge. Like part of my job was being aware of what's going on with Marvel and DC. I put in my application. I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere, but I got a phone call. Um, it was a couple weeks later. They said, hey, listen, we want to do a phone call with you, you know, with a couple of the people there. Did the phone call. Uh, about a month later, they're like, listen, we want to fly you out here to talk with you. Flew out. I was here for a day and a half. I saw my friend. I flew home. The next week, they're like, when can you start? So I had... Wow. From when they said, when can you start to when I actually started, I had about a week and a half to get myself across the country and ready to roll. Wow. And all your stuff. And uh, well, all my stuff consisted of whatever I could fit into two carry on bags (laughs) on an airplane. (laughs) Everything else was still in my my parents place. Yeah, uh, that's where I was at the time. Um, But it slowly has been been being relocated out here. Um, I think the only thing that I'm still missing is my core comic book collection. Um, which is just, it's, it's too massive to ship. So it's like every time that I decide to drive back to New Jersey, I'll load up the trunk of my car with a couple of boxes and then I'll drive it back this way. Ah, slowly but surely. (laughs) Yeah. It's getting out here. Yeah. And how big is this comic collection? Just give us a sense of scale. Long boxes. Um, Number, uh, I, I don't know the number of boxes. Um, I think the last time I did inventory, it was about 18,000 books. Um, <gasps> but it was a lot. <laughs> it, it sounds like a lot, and I know it is a lot, but I'm sure that there's someone out there that's like my collection. You know, there's another guy that I work with. That of I course. Think his collection is about thirty-five to 40,000 books, I think he said. Wow. I don't even yeah. know like how you store and contain some of that stuff. It's just it's it's crazy. Um, I, a it small has, city, maybe. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> definitely dwindled a little bit. And I'll say that like a lot, of, the majority of the books that are in my collection are probably considered like dollar books or two dollar books. There's not a yeah. whole lot in there. Um, the keynote stuff that I do have, um, I want to try to hold on. Like I have a um, first print run of like the first fifteen issues of Saga. Um, oh, nice. I, I would love. I'm going to hold on to those for as long as humanly possible. Well, I'm going to upset serious. you now. I'm yeah. going to upset you now. I, I sold oh. mine. Oh uh, no! I, don't, yeah, don't I had that. to. I had to. Actually, to be fair, you're kind of to blame. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Marvel masterpieces 2018. <laughs> Technically, he's right though. That's uh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, sold, I sold a few things to be able to afford that set. So, I, I mean, I'm of the mindset that, like, unfortunately, I don't live in the the, the world of the rich and famous type setup. You know, I'm mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm just a working guy like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I can really only afford one hobby at a time. So mm-hmm. before before it was, uh, you know, comic books, I used to collect. Um, you know, I did trading cards and before trading cards, I did coins and before coins, I did stamps, you know, going all the way back. And like, now I don't collect comics so much. I, like we were talking earlier, I do, um, video games. That's the thing I'm I'm working on right now. So in order to migrate from one collection to another, I need to have essentially a funding, uh, to get that collection started. So as I slowly and slowly dwindle down my previous collection, it's Mm -hmm. funding the next collection. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what we all do too. We talk about the all the time keeping money in the yeah. PayPal. That's, right. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. much it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I when we before we started recording, we were talking about games because obviously yeah. listeners won't know this, but you've got we can see some PS4 stuff behind you, and we can see Crazy some other, good stuff. you know. And you said you were a gamer. Um, I I when I decided to bail on Sega Mega Drive, I sold best part of 120 of them within about a month, um, and that was the lion's share of cash that i put towards masterpieces 2018 along with some some other comic stuff um i've still got about 60 of them to go so i think i'm probably going to get back on ebay with those to afford possibly another set that's coming out this year which actually that let's let's get into this now you oh yeah before let's we, before sure we, we yeah before we started just so that people know what to expect what can you not talk about so there's a couple things uh that i can't talk about obviously um anything spoiler spoiler related to marvel um, you know, so I can't talk about anything that's happening that is not already public knowledge. Um, okay. so like obviously Marvel has released their plans for phase four. Um, basically I know what, you know, and what, you know, what, what they've officially announced. I know that there's yep. a handful of movies coming up through what is, mm-hmm. I think the end of 2021. Um, yeah. but apart from that, like I, I can't mention anything else. Um, there's a few other things, any products that have not been officially announced, um, I can't really talk about, um, again, just internal NDA type stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just trying to try, try to stay below the radar and not, right. not put, not, not have the chip on, on my back explode. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And there will be no pressure whatsoever to talk about no. that stuff. Yeah. No. We so, so I was so excited to hear that you're sitting down and pre-designing all the inserts, all the numbers, what's going to be there, what the finished product is on a large scale is going to be. Mm-hmm. I find that so fascinating and I really love what you guys have been doing and obviously what you're doing, which mm-hmm. is the coolest part of it. Um, so when you, so when you sit down and plan all this out, right, when you tackle whatever set you're working on, right? So what's kind of, how do you find inspiration? What do you do with your numbers? What are you more inclined to do? What are you more inclined not to do? Um, so, when it comes to a designer content structure standpoint, I'm always looking for something that's never been done before. I have a very, very outspoken motto that a lot of people in the company may be tired of me saying, but it's the honest truth. Um, how many times can I put a picture of Captain America on a card before it gets boring? Um, so I try to make sure that there's always something new and different. So I'll, I'll, I'll reference a previous product in Marvel Flare, 
uh, we had the totemic teams insert. So that basically gave a new aspect to the collecting to build that essentially collection of teams on that totemic style. Um, from a design perspective, when I'm looking for something, um, believe it or not, I go to Reddit a lot of times. I go to a lot of the creative uh, boards on Reddit um, just to see like what people are doing. Um, there's been plenty of times where I'll look at something, I'll say, that would be cool, but let's see what we can do for that in card form. There's a very um, excellent example where a person has taken old Yu-Gi-Oh cards um, and basically taken like 20 or 30 copies of them, cut out various parts of the card, and then assembled them back together so that it gives almost like a 3D molded version of that card. <laughs> and I would love to do something similar like that. It's just that there's a lot of challenges and sourcing a vendor and determining how to do that. So it's something that's always been kind of in the, uh, in the works, for lack of a better term, uh, but never really been able to get off the ground. I love that concept. And, I, and, and I'm sure you have a section or a file on your computer that just has a list and list of things where you're like, one day. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> this so could possibly the, happen. Yeah, the, for every time that you look in and uh, you see a product and you're like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I like that. There's three additional ideas that never got further than a concept stage. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. That's interesting. So if we – um. Um, so obviously you can't talk about stuff that's not being officially announced. If a, it, this is not a trick question, I'm just curious. Um, if a dealer has, has said that he's got four Marvel sets on his radar and he's putting that out there into the public domain on his, on his email list, um, and yet it's not on your website yet, it's not been on your social feeds yet. So what is the avenue of official announcement? Because I'm, you know, aside from an EPAX only release, which was Marvel 80th, that was from from our perspective as collectors and, and fans of the, of the hobby, that was kind of a 24 hours announcement. Mm. Yeah. I love yes. those 80s retro, by the way. Those were yes. such a cool idea on that yeah. stock. That was really yes. clever. That I'm came glad, out really nice. I'm glad. Yeah. Marvel 80th was, uh, had a lot of internal challenges with it. Um, but it was, I was incredibly surprised and grateful and, and, uh, happy that, you know, it performed as well as it did. Um, I'm glad that a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, but for your question, Ian, um, I, I guess the best way to phrase it would be if you were to tell me what you've heard, I'll tell you if I can talk about it. <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty certain that you can't talk about Marvel masterpieces, the next set, which we anticipate this year. Would I be right? Uh, that's yes, that is correct. <laughs> okay. Um, I've heard about, uh, that another one listed was Marvel age or Marvel ages. That's also correct. So that one is that will also be coming out this year. Um, again, okay. I can't go into a whole lot of detail. No, about that's it. fine. That's fine. Um, Marvel anime I saw listed. That one again. I uh, I, I really fine. want to that's talk fine. about these. No, 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 no mate. That's, that's not what literally this is. No, no, just no, just say just say yes or no. That's fine. Okay. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable <laughs> in any way. Um, and. Um, I'm actually really happy about this one because I've been really enjoying collecting this one much more than I expected to. It's Marvel Annual. Uh, Marvel I've Annual. I've really enjoyed collecting that. Marvel Annual will definitely be making a repeat appearance. Um, that's our one Marvel 
uh, mainstay release that releases on a yearly basis. Um, yeah. I can get into a little detail about it. Um, the short version is that we're kind of we, we've decided to go back and revamp it a little bit. Um, it was okay. getting a little stale with the same release every year. Um, so we've taken what's there and kind of, for lack of a better term, revisited some of the ideas. Um, again, I can't go into too much detail about it yet yeah, because fun. nothing has been officially solicited, but expect to see, um, you know, a, basically a, a palate cleanse for lack of a better term. Uh, it'll, it'll still be a nice entry level product. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be focusing more on, um, the, the, the general concepts of what you're looking for in a, in a trading card product. So you want to take a look at for various parallels, obviously sketch cards, um, you know, the various inserts, um, we've done away with the, um, uh, the manufactured patch cards. Um, we've added some additional stuff in there, so that'll be out later this year. Wow. Sick. Okay. Wow. I'm That's looking great... forward to that. I'm still, um, I'm still nibbling away at Marvel ATF because it is a deceptive beast. <laughs> yeah. A, 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 a vixen of a set. Um, I would say, um, oh, I Marvel... love the clippings are back for sure. That, that I was so happy to mm. see the comic clippings. That was really yeah. great. Yes. And those came out so nice. They're so I've looked at on e, what's really nice is that because it's on EPAC, you can see the person who's making those cuts for the comics. You can see what they were thinking and how they had to be limited because like pages yeah. shared and what they did with composition and framing. I thought they did such a good job. There were such a really good variety of ones. I thought it was really clever. I really yeah, love those. Our- our uh, our coordinator team and our our uh, warehouse team does does a bang up job of getting those in there, um, and it's not like we go to um, uh, you know it's not like they're produced in in mass where it's like literally just it go, it, they send the comic into a machine and it cuts it out automatically. There's literally a person there with a metal die and a rubber yes. mallet that has to look look at the comic book and be like, all right, there's a good panel. Whack 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 move on to the next panel so yeah. you know if you're seeing hundreds of panels out there there's someone that had to go through and cut hundreds of dot or hundreds of times to uh, get all those cards hey Love I would, if, yeah. if that was something i was paid to do for a living I'd be- <laughs> yeah if, if they need volunteers i'm happy to do it um, <laughs> <let them> know. <laughs> no yeah. i really they're really beautiful pieces so i guess the question i, I did want to ask this, this is one of my questions maybe it's a little premature what's your favorite insert What's one that you've either worked on or one that you've had in the past? Something that you're always get kind of giddy about. Um, I would have to say the stacks from Flare Ultra X Men. That was oh. one of the ones that I was very proud of. Nice uh, that was I. That one took a little while and a little convincing and a lot of trial and error. Um, but that was probably my favorite one to put together. Oh, those are nice too. When I see him put, I haven't personally got a chance to put any together, but I keep, it's always something where I'm always flirting with it, where I'm like, can I get all the Colossus and put some together? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I just, I love that color and the design is so strong too. It, it was, it was definitely a challenge. Like if looking back, always hindsight is going to be 2020. Um, but looking back, if I could make changes to Flare Ultra X-Men, the thing that I would do would probably make them more frequent because a lot of people did have a challenge because there were so many various characters and you had to collect all three layers to complete it. Mm. And then some of the ones were short printed. You know, people just became very frustrated with it. They liked the concept, but they didn't like the idea of having to jump through a lot of hoops to, you know, finish their their favorite character. Yeah. Mm. So that's the thing, though, when you you make things rare – you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have oh, to yeah. jump those hoops. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard and to get I, around that. I can imagine. That's part of the, 
it's part of the Sorry. fun too. No, no, it's all good. It's part of the fun too. Is that um, you know that you know if you work really hard, if you got that character and you have to jump through those hoops and you finally complete it, there's that sense of completion and satisfaction at the end of it. Um, you know, I always think to myself, you know, nothing worth having in life is going to be free. Uh, it's got to be something that you're going to work for. Try to you know re- really press yourself if you really want it. Yeah, yeah, well, Norange did that <laughs> very recently. Have you heard yeah, about I, his? Have you heard about his spot quest? Is yeah. Oh yes, I did. I did have seen people uh, looking for the spot for. Or I did see you post on the uh, Facebook page a couple of times looking for the. Was it the the silver web foil from Flare no, Spider Man? No, the rainbow web foil. Oh, the rainbow web foil. What a nice. nightmare, man! People did not like me. I was begging. I was crying. <laughs> I was just it's, tricked. <laughs> it's interesting because, like, I'll get on there and people will have, like, all it takes is one person to ask the wrong question once, and then they'll be like, "I don't like this person. I'm going to block them." I'm just blocked. It's, it's we're so mad. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm. I'm of the same. I'm. I agree a hundred percent. Um, and I felt bad. You know, it's actually funny. I just sent someone a trade recently, and in the comment, I always put in the comment, I'm always like, I am really sorry because <laughs> I feel bad because I'm pestering people. I know I am, and I know I'm an, uh, I know people are bad at that. But I'm oh, like, yeah. look, I'm really sorry. Whatever you need, just take it. And I always have someone who comes back who's like, you didn't offer any enough, or you didn't offer much. I was like, when I say please take it, I mean go ham. You know what I mean? Like, please yeah. take what you need to make us work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's been well, really fun. Well, Norin, I'm going to ask you because you asked Matt about your favorite like insert or part of a set recently. I'm actually going to be honest. I actually know it, and I've been I've been really thinking about making a full set of this. It's going to be the preliminary arts from 2018 Marvel Masterpiece. I just nice. I'm such a I I have I have always like personally like sketch card wise, a lot of people like the fully painted stuff. And the, just make it look as much like a base card as it possibly can, which I get. I love those two. I'm not even going to lie. But for me, like, I love seeing an artist make those changes. I love seeing that blue line. I love seeing the sketch. I love seeing that personality in the work and seeing that from Bianchi on those pieces. And then, of course, being able to get a redemption card to get a preliminary art piece. I mean, that was that was perfect. That was, that was yeah. sublime. I love that. Love- that. That correlation was great. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, there was a lot of positive feedback from the preliminary art piece, both as both as the insert and as the redemption. Um, and the really interesting thing about that insert is that every because like I'll see art as it comes through. Um, a lot of the art uh, preliminarily, or I'm sorry, um, some of the initial layouts and drawings that they do um, look completely different from what the final piece is. Like some of Simone's pieces were like that as well, where you yeah. see the preliminary piece and then you look at the actual card itself with the completed piece. And you're like, wow, there's been so much change that's happened or it looks, it looks like almost two different pieces. Yeah. Um, so all the artwork always looks, it, it, it I, I try not to be too critical or judgmental when initial stuff comes in because I always think to myself, Oh, this is just a layout. This is not yeah. a finished piece. But I'm I'm always trying to make sure that it's like, and my art department or my art acquisitions team probably hates me for it. But I'm always like, can, can you make that just just a little bigger, or make that just a little smaller, just tweak that just the tiniest bit? Um, yeah, I've, I I've can only imagine that. It's so hard not to say anything uh, and do anything. I, yeah. And like when I look at stuff and I'm like, that's not perfect, but it's okay. I'll just I'll just bite my tongue and I'll just say, awesome and. 
proceed with. <laughs> so are you are you where the buck stops then in charge of that? Are you actually in charge of that team, or are you have you got like a um, a whole team under you, or are you one of several in your role? I'm I'm one of several uh, uh, product managers. So like I said, I handle the majority of entertainment stuff. The other one, two, three, three. Yeah, three other the other three product managers uh, will handle a lot of the sports stuff because obviously Upper Deck is still predominantly a sports company. Yeah. Um. So I will not necessarily I I like no one directly reports to me. It's more of I'll get the entire team together. So it'll be art acquisition, creative design, operations, uh, marketing, uh, project management, brand team, business development team. I'll get everybody together. Um, at uh, like about maybe about a year, year and a half before the, the actual product is scheduled to release. And I'll say, here's my vision. And I'll provide them with a long document that can range anywhere from, you know, five pages to 40 pages of like what I want this product to consist of. Um, and then from that point, you know, I hand off the baton and I say, you know, go work your magic. And, you know, at various points, they'll come back and be like, hey, do you think this would look better? Or, you know, design will come back and be like, hey, do you like this color better type thing? And it's a it's a constant discussion. It's always evolving. Mm-hmm. There's so many times where my initial vision when I grab everybody together in a room will change compared to what the final product is for one reason or another. Um, you know, I'll come back and say, hey, listen, you know, I don't think that this is working out as well as I want to. Let's make changes um, or, you know, hey, I don't think that this ratio or this uh, insert card is working. Let's drop it. Um, you know, there, there's a bunch of different factors that can come up between the time, especially since it is such a long production window. I mean, if you think yeah. about a year, you know, it's not like it's a couple of days with a year. You know, there's so much that can change between mm-hmm. My yeah. concept today and when it releases a year from now. So it's it, there's always a little bit of volatility and, uh, you know, fickleness associated with uh, any given project. Wow. So before – so as we're talking now, what's what? Uh, 29th of February. So it only happens once every four years. Hey. So in, in theory, <laughs> you kind of know where you're going up to, what, middle of 2021? Um, from a product standpoint, I have a general idea of what's going on through 2021. Okay. Um, and even a little bit beyond that. Um, but you know, again, there's always stuff that's subject to change, always variables at play. Um, so yeah, I have, I I have a general idea of what will be coming out through probably middle of next year. Okay, cool. So do you, so when you have that meeting with all the departments, <clears throat> and it sounds like a sounds like a huge company actually it sounds uh, like there's there, quite a lot of people there's, there there's about 200 total people employed there um wow. and that's through our main office here in uh California and then we have a warehouse and a second office in North Carolina oh that's the one that Norin is frequently threatening to burgle. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you've ever gotten a redemption it comes out of North Carolina <laughs> yeah if you have any break don't worry I know where it is, and yeah. I drive by it every day. Oh, do you really? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just talk. There's kind of weird talk. Uh, no, I actually don't know. I should go look. I'm here. I should go see where this place is, but I <laughs> haven't done yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. don't. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. Yeah, I, I've only been out there once, and here's the thing: is that if you were to drive by it, it would look like literally any other office building. Mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. There's no helicopter landing pad on the roof. Yeah. The, the buildings. <laughs> the buildings. Where, the buildings where the magic happened frequently look inconspicuous. <laughs> is my right. experience. Um, so, so when you get in that room. 
And that's kind of, you know, up to a year before you, when you have that starting gun meeting, as you like, and it actually drops either on the shelves or onto EPACs or a combination of the two. How long before that have you been working on it? So you go in there with a four to 40 page document. So how long does it take you to get that, that idea together? It depends on the size of the, and scope of the product. So as right. an example, let's use Marvel Premiere from 2019. There's not a lot in there outside of the sketch cards. The sketch cards are the main driving force behind that product. Yeah. So the inserts and then doing all the prep work before that meeting, maybe a couple of days at most. But then for larger products like Masterpieces or like Flare Ultra, um, you know, something where there's like literally 20 different designs – um, you know, that could take me a week, two weeks, three weeks, depending on what's going on. And there's other steps too. Like I need to get, um, my boss involved. Um, I have to get our finance department involved. A lot of side discussions that happened prior to that meeting. Yeah, um, yeah. and then, you know, once I get the green light from beforehand, then I'll be able to, you know, put that word document together, have our general discussion. Um, and basically like you were saying, it's like the starters pistol of like, all right, let's roll. Yeah, I'm with you because I guess you've got to go through that whole feasibility discussion because mm-hmm. you're a business at the end of the day. You know, you need Absolutely. to make, you need to make revenue. Um, and um, do you? This is just my curiosity, and you might may or may not be able to t- say this. Do um, at what point do Marvel kind of sign off on it? Because obviously they're the IP. Does that does that happen before, or do you? We'll we'll, we'll pitch a uh, initial, uh, for lack of a better term, like a elevator pitch. Um, kind of give them like, here's what we're thinking. Well, what's your feedback? Um, and they'll say, this is a good idea. Yes, this is not a good idea. Change it. Mm. Um, and they'll provide that. And then based on that general information, I'll go through and make my, uh, I'll update my word document, um, to accommodate, you know, with their requests. Um, and then they will, um, you know, they'll basically be along the way or they'll guide us, um, a little bit. Um, but they, are relatively just kind of like a side partner. They're just kind of watching from a distance. And if yeah. there's something that they don't like, they'll be like, Hey, listen, we need to change something. And I would imagine it's like that with just about any, any licensed product where like they obviously want to be involved, but you know, you do you type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sense. have, yeah. we have similar thing on the um, licensed products I work on. So mm-hmm. they'll sign off the initial concept. I think the, the most controlling thing we have is, um, um, is and it's not Marvel that we work on; it's something else. Um, is the initial creative? Mm-hmm. Once that initial creative is signed off, then you take it and you localize it for whatever region the tour is going to. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the way it works. Yeah. Um, so are you? Um, so you got the set design, and then so from when you go through that starting gun process, and everyone's going off to work on it and, and come together, and it's evolving. At what point do you have to stop and say we actually need to get this thing printed? So how long before release do you have to actually, you know, get it physically made? I mean, obviously um, you've got the art part of it, you know, where you have to get the artists doing their thing. Um, if it's a if it's an original art set, and I know that's a much longer lead thing, um, yeah. but I'm just curious to know on a on a Marvel annual, for example, where it's not original art from 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 our understanding. That 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 decision kind of falls more on operations. Um, I don't get a whole lot of insight in regards to okay. when something physically hits the press. Um, yeah, that, that's up to operations because obviously we're working with a print vendor. 
Um, and you know, that vendor has, you know, their obligations that they have to meet. Sure. Um, so they will, they'll basically say, Hey, listen, you can have, you know, we'll be available at date X and we will try to obviously reach that date as best as possible. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I, the, I mean, the process of selection, because your cards are absolutely, I mean, you know, I'm not blowing smoke up your bum, but I will do. <laughs> um, they are top-notch quality in terms of, the, you know, the physical print of them. And, you know, I've, I've worked in, in marketing for, for 20 years. So I know when, <laughs> when, you know, when we do a good job and we come out with something that's got nice spot gloss on or it's got UV or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. how, how nice it feels in hands. So I think whoever it is you use, and I'm, I'm guessing it's not just one, one one setup um the quality control is you know on the actual the physical product is 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 brilliant you know uh correct yeah we, we'll have um we'll do uh obviously print checks and whatnot uh for the various vendors um and then even when everything is printed and uh basically um fully assembled and you know basically ready to go off to distributors uh we'll go out and do a case check at the vendor where basically we'll just grab oh, wow. a case off the line um, to make sure that collation and everything's falling properly, you know, you oh, don't want to get, you don't want to end up with a situation where it's like, oh, I opened this box that was supposed to have one, or this case that was supposed to have one sketch card in it, and there were forty sketch cards in there. Like we want to yeah. try to avoid that as much as you. I mean, no, possible. you don't. You don't have to, Matt. You don't have to. I, I, I don't okay? have to. You have that, that problem. You I, send it to me. It's, you know, it's we a, talk it's, later. It's, don't worry it's about a, that. It's a big <laughs> challenge. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask this because someone will ask this afterwards. So I'm going to ask it now. That case that you pull off the line, does that product get put back in or does it get taken out? So what if you pulled a printing plate for Spot from Fleer Ultra Spider-Man when you were doing that case check? Would it go back in the product? You messed up my rainbow mat? Don't do that to me. <laughs> at, no, at that point, it, it, it can get reshuffled in. Um it, it depends on the printer and what their availability is because usually, like like I was saying, what they'll do is that they'll start assembling and putting everything together. Yeah, yeah. We'll open the case, take a look. If it's possible to put everything back in, we obviously will. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's other variables associated with it. So like, for instance, all of our products require a no purchase necessary clause, which basically means you can fill out, um, you know, basically a simple form for any product that's released. And you will, if you're one of the first lucky few people, you will get a random insert card out of a given case of that production run, um, which I, I think more people need to take advantage of if they don't, because free cards I'm are free cards. At I'm looking at Norn. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's, there's no purchase necessary on uh, – if you ever look at, like, the back of a wrapper or a box, yeah. in very fine print, there's an area that says no purchase necessary, and they'll give you all the details on there. Yeah. Um, but basically, we'll hold the case aside specifically for that. Um, and then if you fill out whatever the details are, I think it's the website that you go to um, – you can basically, if you're one of the first handful of people, like I said, I don't know an exact number, um, they'll send you a free insert of some capacity out of that given set. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm 90% sure that's how that works. I, okay. Like I said, that, it gets all the legal stuff in there. No, no, yeah. of course, of course. Definitely read the no purchase necessary uh, statement on the back of the foils yeah. and boxes. They're yeah. going to be busy Monday. They're going to be busy. <laughs> they won't thank you for that. Like, um, Ian and Norn, what's wrong with these guys? Yeah, exactly. Why have we got 16 things from different sets? This is so bizarre. I, I, think, I think it's just one per person. It has to be like a set that's released in the last, um, I don't know, two relatively. Years. Is it two years? I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's two years or yeah. – for some reason, I thought it was less than that, but it is possible. 
Um, yeah. But again, it's also once everything gets claimed too, and depending on yeah, the product, sure. that stuff can get claimed pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. Uh, well, speaking of pretty fast, Marvel ATF, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I can extrapolate the numbers from what I can see in the publicly viewable part of EPAX, but you guys must have like line graphs about product release and how quickly some of it moves for those people to get those initial achievements. Mm. So, you know, on the Marvel ATF, for example, it went fast. I mean, I think by 36, 48 hours, all those 10 original art pieces had gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, that. like I was saying earlier, that one was very interesting because, um, you know, usually the publishing stuff that we do, especially when it's not original art, is up there for a while. I mean, Captain Cap, uh, Captain America's 75th anniversary was up there for three years, I want to say. Um, <laughs> even Flare Ultra X-Men was up there for two and a half years. Uh, Flare Ultra Spider-Man is still up there to this day. Um, so Thank it's... Lord. I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> Listen, if you, just, if you just buy the cases, you'll get the card eventually. <laughs> You're right. You know what? What have I been doing with my life, Matt? Thank you. Give me a second. Um... So, yeah, a lot of people were very surprised because, like, we were initially thinking of it as a slow burn, essentially, something that would, you know, it would take time. It would eventually sell out. Um, But it was something that happened so quick and so fast. I think what a lot of people happened is that they saw the people saw the achievement structure and there was a lot of hype behind it and a lot of hype associated with it. And they're like, this is and like people were like. You know, they they did their own. What it's what I like to call clown math. It's when you do math that's based on not having all the information. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people were doing their own math, and they were saying, "Okay, there's probably only another whatever fifty cases, just for argument's sake, left of this. So I better buy now, with the hopes that you know I can either a hit something pretty awesome since it's still available, or two, I can use it to trade to someone that is obviously working to try and complete their set." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that played a large part in it. Um, but I, I wish I got to see like the literal statistical graph of like the sales velocity of it. Yeah. That all oh. the crazy finance team. Um, but yeah, when, when we, cause I think it's sold out in what, like less than two weeks or something, three weeks, something like that. It was ridiculous. It was very quick for yeah. any, well, Marvel, any Marvel masterpiece. So well, Marvel Masterpieces did, was, yeah. No, Marvel ATF was the rede- redemptions I was talking about, but Marvel Masterpieces was 11 days. Yeah, it was very short. I think it was either 2018 Masterpieces or 2017 Premiere that has the fastest sellout time from a production run. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> that's crazy. That's incredible. The um, uh, Far From Home did a similar thing with those initial Tom Holland Yes, because yeah, I remember I remember just watching on the site, and I, it wasn't a product I personally went for, but um, I remember just watching the the number of sketch cards that you could see available, and just working backwards and thinking, okay, well, not all of those, you know, there's going to be a lot more that's locked or have already been transferred off, and if you think about how they fall, so this is me doing my clown math, as you <laughs> as you put it, which we're actually, very much, we very much practice that all the time in the group. Oh so, yeah, it's a religion. Right. It's a religion. Oh yeah. Understandable, um, um, but um, but then I figured out. Okay, well that's how much that's how much is sold, and this was two hours after it had gone live, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, hats off to the guys that do that. But and they're uh, great. I mean, great pieces too out of that set as well, which is really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll do my own math because, like I said, finance usually has the fine details and they usually don't come in immediately. They're usually a couple days delayed. Sure. Um, so what I'll do is whenever something releases on EPAC, I just go in and see how many available cards are uh, um, 
currently viewable in that product. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be a margin of error, but I yeah. just work backwards. All right, there's 10,000 cards. I divide that by number of cards per pack, packs per, mm-hmm. packs per box, boxes per case, and I'll say, oh, we've probably we've probably gone through this many cases. Obviously, again, with a margin of error. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, we, 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 it's, well, it's reassuring to know that we do a similar thing. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, we kind of actually lose interest halfway through and just say, well, well, 16 yeah. times in well, 200 cases oh, yeah. and then yeah. the member who's really good at math is like guys come on this is just way too easy and they're just doing it for us we're like thank you for doing that the, the, yeah. from what I'm told the sports side is uh, equally as uh, interested with a lot of the math and statistics associated with it where oh, they right. will they will literally build out there are people that will build out spreadsheets and say yes. okay this many cards have been claimed for this insert they'll change it and all the statistical numbers will change yeah. you know based on you know seeing that you know one other card has been pulled for a given insert well that is very much an inherent part of sports especially um u.s sports like baseball you know that's that stats thing mm-hmm. is very much a part of the mentality of that sport it's very much part oh, of the yeah. culture of it so it only kind of feeds in that that would be um, you know would follow through to the card side of things i've recently dipped my toe into the nfl cards uh, pond and it's a it's a truly terrifying place in terms of the volume of product there is so i i gotta ask you this is just my own curiosity with obviously yeah. you being from the uk is there mm. a for lack of a better term an american football in the uk um no there is talk there is um there are games that play in the uk every um every season so i think there's four games that play in london um and they're officially part of the nfl season um and i think what they will do is they will either go to the wembley stadium or the new tottenham stadium um the tottenham stadium was specifically built to be capable of end of a scale of housing nfl games when they came over so that was part of the redevelopment of that 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 ground um and they are immensely popular. They've they've wow. really increased the popularity of the sport in this country. Um, I mean, I'm what you call soccer is football <laughs> over here, yeah, which right. is why it's called American football over here, right. whereas you just call it football. Um, so for me, for me, you know, I'm I. I couldn't give a flying monkeys about soccer and i literally live opposite a premier league football football ground. oh wow i literally i could i could i could if i went to the front of my house i can see it um and it's um about about 100 yards away but um so um but yeah the nfl is growing in popularity in a huge way so much so there's talk of a major franchise possibly coming here in the next oh, decade wow interesting wow that's really as a permanent as a permanent thing um and there are quite a few players now well i say quite a few i mean there's there are thousands of players in the nfl um but there's quite a few bigger players who have started in the uk in either rugby or other sports and made the the jump to american football the 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 frustrating thing for me sorry it is a massive segue but you are sorry um and i'm I'm a chatty guy um (laughs) so when the um when um people in the there there are some people in the uk who say oh you know american football is just it's just rubbish they have to wear helmets because they're you know they're just they're just so um you know, it's not it's not a real man's game. Rugby, we don't wear helmets and all this sort of stuff. And and then I see, you know, some of the guys who used to play professional rugby who've made the transition to American football, 
and they come back and then they do interviews in the UK and they say, you don't know the first thing about it. It's so much more physical. It's so much more tactical. You know, there's a reason why the pads and the helmets are needed, <laughs> you know. Yes, so, yeah, um, and then if you talk to an Australian, they're like, Fah. you know, have you seen, ever seen Aussie rules football? Uh, I have not. It's the equivalent of um, cage matches. <laughs> if you if you Jeez. translate cage fighting to football, it is that full on. I mean, properly. Wow. You, you watch it and you think, are they fighting or playing sport? <laughs> oh wow, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That's so, intense. Yeah. yeah, Aussie rules football. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Um, so I I had a question for you i had many questions for you you've actually answered loads of them um this is just a, a just a, a just again curiosity so of all the guys at upper deck you're the one who has the upper deck mat so you've obviously gone out into the rather choppy waters of the internet to engage with <laughs> with people of our um collector ilk um why you did you volunteer did was it was it something did you, you chose draw the short do? straw I, like, or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean i'm guessing you know, you, that, that you're doing this excuse. where you, you're doing this on a weekend that, don't lie yeah. <laughs> no i'm so, just curious because um, you're doing this on a weekend you see so you know right. which is what because when we set this up i assumed you'd do it in office hours because uh, you know you're representing upper deck so surely that should be on the clock um, but at the same time, um, you know, during the office hours, I have work that I, I for from my perspective and probably from my boss's perspective, this would be considered an optional thing. I'm a big fan of collectors, regardless of what they collect, that I'm willing to help out the hobby as much as I possibly can. Well, you're one uh, of Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to why I decided to pick this up. So when I first started there, my boss at the time he's actually gone on to be our director of uh games and esports now um said i i had been out of the hobby for probably about 15 years at that point and he said hey listen you know here's a website called blowout go check them out you know do do a little r&d research um and during that time frame i'm looking there and people are obviously having conversations back and forth and i go to him and i say Hey, why aren't we? Why don't we have a representative on blowout? Why don't we have someone there that can convey stuff? And uh, his immediate response is, "Well, like, well, it just puts a target on your back. Like, obviously, people are more than happy to, you know, converse with you and have conversations with you, but when people see that there is a readily readily accessible person that from that company." That, you know, they just spent $1,200 to buy a case of something and they didn't get that one card that they're looking for. Mm. They're probably going to be a little unhappy and they're going to want someone to kind of take the brunt of their uh, their displeasure. Well, you kind of become customer services. In, in short, yes. But I also my goal was to be an information channel for people because a lot of the problem that I was seeing was that people were speculating and saying, oh, you know, Upper Deck does this and oh, this trading card set doesn't have this, et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted to be there to set the record straight, um, Yeah, which I tried to do as much as possible to a point. Um, once I started getting like direct messages of like I'm I'm the bad guy and it's like you're the reason mm. that. You personally are the reason that, you know, uh, I didn't get the thing I, I wanted out of my box or my case. I was like, I think I need to dial back my involvement yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I like I said, I'm all for helping people out and being, you know, the 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 voice and information channel. Um, but when it's when I'm spending more time answering uh, or I'm spending more time, uh, you know, working on the blowout forms than I am doing my regular job responsibilities, yeah. I have to kind of reevaluate a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went through uh, I basically dialed back my presence on the forums. Uh, trying to stick to simple yes or no answers and just poke, poking my head in. But that doesn't mean that I don't visit the forums on pretty much a daily basis, multiple times throughout the day, just to see what's going on. If there's anything really outlandish or really wild happening, you know, I'll chime in and pipe in and just be like, Hey, listen, here's the quick answer type thing. Um, but I've kind of, I've, I've definitely stepped back from my interaction that I do on blowout. Um, yeah, and plus my job responsibilities have obviously increased over the last six years. Um, so I need yeah. to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do when I'm in the office. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that makes absolute sense. It's interesting. So do you, because I, you know, I know you guys have got a social team and I've seen content they've done when you've been at um, uh, cons, for example. So there was a, uh, a con where there was a big, um, did you have a James Bond trading yeah. card game product well we did we had a james bond trading card game come out uh, i believe it was last year september at, uh, october somewhere around there it was yeah. the it was the beginning of august i want to say it was gen con ah. last year in Indianapolis. that's it yeah yeah um and they, it was all focused around um our core um our core uh game called legendary that we that's themed it. a bond theme around mm. um so we had like the, the you know the gun barrel as like an entrance and then we had like an aston That's martin cool. that i was just done uh it was one of the films i think it was her majesty's secret service um yeah. we had one of those there um don't don't quote me on if it was her majesty's secret service <laughs> I, i'm not 100 percent sure i know that there's a lot of bond fanatics out there and if i'm wrong they're gonna come after me <laughs> it rings um, a bell. yeah um, but yeah, so we themed everything around bond and then obviously we had the James Bond trading card set that released earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, our, our social media team is very active with a lot of the conventions that we go. And obviously there's, uh, one team that is specifically designed for the entertainment stuff, whether it's gaming or trading cards. And then there's another team yeah. specifically designed for the sports stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they must be fed up to the high teeth of me tagging them in posts. Oh no. Showing they, off cards. <laughs> oh, not at all. They actually love it. They've actually actively encouraged people, um, to that, you know, if you get a big hit or you get a big card out of a pack or out of a box, oh, definitely post it. And, you know, they'll, they'll try their best to interact with it and they'll probably repost it for, you know, uh, trying, you know, elevate that 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 posting as much as possible well, that makes me feel better because i keep tagging <laughs> upper deck no, entertainment and i'm just like fun. oh man these people are going to be pissed <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I got my first on the um at mm collectors feed which has been going a good 18 months now i think i got my first upper deck and like two weeks ago Nice. So, so they're starting I'm, to recognize you <laughs> finally well every morning they wake up and they'll have all these pings because of course everyone <laughs> who likes the post you get tagged in Mm -hmm. is going to be pinging. So, yeah, they probably put me on mute. Because um, I know there are a couple of guys from, from, and I don't think they're necessarily in your team, but I think there's um, a couple of guys from the Artist Liaison um, team who are in our group on Facebook who sometimes interact and uh, really sweet guys, actually. Um, and I think there's a couple of your customer service guys as well who do have profiles. And on Instagram, you can see they're called at Upper Deck first name so that seems to be the format you know you've started a trend there you know up, up deck matt it's upper deck upper deck ian and upper deck norin we should create accounts and pretend I'm, to work up there. there you go give me a second 
Yeah. Oh, to pretend to work at Upper Deck? Oh, I got to call legal right now. No, yeah, no, 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 said that. I don't, I don't pretend. That's crazy. No, I'm joking. Sorry, I'm joking. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that one out. Um, so, so this year, so you've got sets. You, you can't talk about. I've got. Hmm, this is a question. So you'll have heard. You'll have heard. I think you said you've listened, you've heard maybe eighty percent of our, the podcast. So thank you for that. Um, we um, one of my things. And I've noticed this, and I think it's just a change in, in obviously, you've massively changed the, the distribution of these products. And I'm guessing some of that is a necessary change to, for it to be viable for you to actually create them because, you know, the distribution network of old doesn't, you know, doesn't exist. There are a few comic shops around, you know, some of those big stores that used to stock stuff. You know, everyone I talk to talks about, oh, yeah, going down to the corner shop and buying packs at a dollar you know when i was you know in 1995 well newsflash is no longer 1995 so you've got to do distribution in a different way hence epacs hence epacs only products but i've noticed that you've stopped doing promo cards physical promo cards for sets can you talk about why that decision was made because because i'm i'm curious on that one i missed them i I believe that the last promo card that we did was for and I could be wrong because this is all marketing side, but I know we did one for Flare Ultra Spider-Man that was a non-sports update. Yeah. Um, mm. Anything past that, I don't have a whole lot of insight into just because that's not really my department. Um, yeah, a lot yeah. of that falls onto the marketing team. Um, they'll yeah. be the ones that determine, you know, where they you know, release information to the proper channels, whether it's non-sport update or it's cardboard collection or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Beckett or anybody. Um, they'll, they'll be the ones that kind of determine that because obviously they have their, 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 their marketing budget set aside and planned sure. out in regards to what they want to do. Sure. Um, I mean, I was always a big fan of the, um, basically the not necessarily a single card but it was like a four card connected panel or something where it was just yeah. it was just large like yes. five by seven that had like yeah. four cards on there from the upcoming set and you flip it over it's like oh look for you know the new the new fleer set that'll be coming out in 1996 or something like that yeah because uh, like usually that art was usually the best art out of the set it was like oh that looks so cool i can't wait to go grab that type thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's uh, well. It's interesting. I mean, when you, <laughs> if you ever talk to those guys, feel free to tell them that we're always available and we are <laughs> actually we actually free um, in terms of the marketing budget side of things. If they want to include us, because you know we talk about your products all the time, and they might think, well, they're doing it anyway, so we don't need to <laughs> we don't need to uh, kind of include them in our plans. But if they mm-hmm. want to add us to the list of channels, then you know they're more than welcome <laughs> to do so. Um, well, but I, I had um, a- I had a question that I wanted to ask. So you, you mentioned about, you mentioned the promo and stuff like that. You're a collector as well. So what's your favorite set for Marvel side? For what's me, the set you remember, this is a, this is going to be a hands down one, but it was 90, 1994 Flare Ultra X-Men. Um, so, the, and there's a reason for that. Um, the short version is that at that time I was, what, when that came out, I would have been nine, I think. Um, so when that set came out, my family was moving from a house in Rhode Island to a house in New Jersey. Um, and I, you know, when you're nine years old, you think that like, oh, I'm losing all my friends. You know, I'm, you know, my, my life is over essentially type thing. I'm not going to have any social thing. So the one thing that I did enjoy was Saturday morning cartoons. They had the X-Men animated series, which was huge at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I remember I was uh, we were at like CVS or the local grocery store or something. They had just general retail blasters of uh, Flare Ultra X Men. My mom bought me a couple just to keep me and my sister happy. Uh, <laughs> so when I started school, um, you know, once we moved in the house, like a week later. Uh, so it was the middle of the year. It's not like I moved during the summer. Like I think I had like four months of school left. That was how I bonded with a lot of the kids is that because they all watched the show, too. I say, oh, I've got these awesome cards. And they were like, oh, well, I've got some of the cards, too. And we trade and go back and forth with it. Um, so I've always had a very, a very strong soft spot for Flare Ultra 94. Um, and that's part of the reason why the Fla the 2018 Flare Ultra X-Men utilized that design from the 94 mm, Flare Ultra set. Love that design. Perfect yes, that stuff. Design, that design is a mm, chef kisses to that. It's really? So good. <laughs> it really does. No, no, for real. So true. Uh, so our, true. Our, our, uh, our, our design team, so we didn't have the, when we built the 2018 set, I don't believe, we had to build the designs from scratch, essentially. Because, um, yeah. you know, it's it's like a 20-something year difference between yeah. the 2018 set and 94 set. Um so they had to build it from scratch, and they did a, a fantastic job it emulating so it. In clean, it looks yeah. it looks so spot on. Hey, listen, if you need so if you need a head start on any other retro sets, <laughs> this boy here has rebuilt pretty much. You've rebuilt at least the the format of about three sets. Yeah, so like people were asking, so I rebuilt, I re, so I rebuilt them for fun, you know, to to kind of get into this stuff like that because I wanted to make. Uh, like a lot of us are Marvel Masterpiece 96 fans, right? And I was like, okay, let's make some promo posters. And, you know, remember the promo posters that were like the on sale now? Yes. And they're like the longer, right? So yes. I made some of them for Marvel Masterpiece 96 nice. and using some of like the box art and stuff like that. So That's had awesome. to recreate that cloud thing and the transparent thing <laughs> and all that other fun. So much fun, man. So much There's fun so that. There's so many creative people out there that are able to take a lot of that old stuff and like make like I see I love people that make like custom binders for like for the nine pocket pages. Yeah. The people that make the custom binders for their favorite set, I always think those just look amazing. And they yeah. do that, you know, because they're so involved and they're so dedicated to that set. Like that's that's their thing that they love. And they'll be like, I'm going to make this binder and it's just for me. And like yeah. people are like, oh, can I get one of those? And like, no, nah, this, this is just my own thing. Well, we actually, it's really cool. Whoa. We had someone in the group who did it for dog tags. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he like, he, I, well, he did the, the logos, right? I think that he was did by Marvel hand. dossier. Yeah. He did Marvel he, dossier so and because great. they don't fit in the pockets. Cause they're not, they're not cards. They're, they're dog tags. Yeah, yeah. So what he did is he, he built a background that was a card that was slotting behind it with the logo of that character. So the black cat one had the black cat logo. Yeah. Of course, that's my go-to in my yeah, head. I don't know. Um, and you know, the captain America, <laughs> the Iron Man, and he put the white piece of card in behind it with this logo and just framed it on there. And he did the whole, like dog the whole set. And, and I, I think like, he did the logos by hand too. Like he took his time oh, to like, wow. did he? I think they're, I think they're markered. Most, some of wow. them are like, I don't think he like copied and pasted. I think he took the time to make them. I right. think wow, that's, that's incredible. That's dedication. <laughs> no, no, it's really pretty. I mean, and it looks beautiful as a set too. He did a really nice job. And that's one of a kind piece now because he's done that like custom work, which looks so good. That's awesome. It is absolutely yeah. awesome. How come, uh, again, you might not know this, uh, given your promo cards answer. Um, any any chance you guys could do some binders? 
um, we we get that we get that question a lot. Um, again, that, that that falls outside of my department. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Who do we need to have on? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a couple. Of, I'll send you some email address. No, yeah. No, put, a word, um, put a word in. Put a word in. But oh, yeah, no, that, that that question gets asked um, a lot, um, both from uh, retailers as well as um, the individual collectors too, about doing uh, the binder setup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even you know, to my mind, even if you did them as a limited thing, like you do the prints, or because I know there was a Marvel masterpieces print that came out recently with uh, that Simone had signed, which looks absolutely incredible. Um, mm-hmm. You know that you could kind of do it through that kind of i mean listen i'm I'm talking to you and i I don't know the first thing about how you you're structured in terms of of how you know those prints work but you know um maybe it's something you could offer via there i don't know you know these are just ideas and you know i don't work in the trading card industry so (laughs) what what, what do i know um but um but i know it's not as easy as that you know that you've got to think about the whole you know they're not easy things to ship (laughs) they're not easy things to store um plus you know yeah and your sets are so big correct yeah they 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 can definitely range in size like i actually think that if you exclude the sketch cards out of master or not masterpieces premiere i believe that's actually considered one of these smaller sets Mm. Uh, but like yeah yeah i would think think it was the flare ultra sets are probably from a just a pure card perspective like flare ultra spider-man i think is one of the largest sets i ever had to put together yeah (sighs) it's crazy there's so many parallels and so many stackables and so many various, you know, short prints and color variations and things like that. It was, uh, yeah. it, it's definitely a big undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some, some, some guys have actually made it their life's mission to actually do it as well. And you can see the, the amount of binders they've got them in is, is just yeah. absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. which is why I quite like, um, I haven't actually got it in hand yet. It's still sat in, um, your Comsey warehouse. Uh, but, um, the Marvel weekly set, I'm quite yes. looking forward to getting hold of that because that is that is really nice. It's designed for nine-page display. I love so that. Thank, thank you for doing yes, this. Yes, seriously. Because uh, <laughs> uh, whenever I get the top tens from Marvel um, Annual, I just I just kind of silently and then out loud curse. <laughs> um, so so um, and it is now you that I will curse, Matt. Um, <laughs> but, okay. Um, in the nicest possible way. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting hold of the Marvel Weekly um set um set in hand because i just i just think it's a really it was a pain in the bum to get but it was an is a it, it, it looks like. like a beautiful product so i can't yes. wait to you know actually that, have it that one That's, overall was also like a relatively small product because only ran for i don't know the exact number of weeks but i think it was like 40, 36 36 weeks yeah <laughs> or um, Ian. <laughs> ian's like 36 weeks. <laughs> 36 uh, but weeks. The, the really nice thing about that is that it brought a lot of non-Marvel collectors into the Marvel universe. Because it, it was limited by to however many packs it was given it in a given week. 499. Um, yes, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> when, when you have 20 products at, in various stages of development. No, no. Ian was you know, going for this so I, hard. Poor I guy. Every week, I would post on the group. As soon as the news went up of what the character is, I had a post that went up 
on the MCCW group that I, I don't know if you're in, but every week it would go up there and people would be like, right, this is the post that I comment on. And this is the post that I say, ah, oh, I've just missed this. And, you know, yeah. um, and every and every week, and it got to the point where I was literally, I'm hoping no one at work hears this, but I was literally like like ducking out of meetings, pretending to go to the toilet to write the post to then come back to the meeting. Well played, well played. <laughs> Don't get in trouble over it. That's all I can say. Oh, it's way past. It's way past that. I'm afraid. Man. I think I'm, <clears throat> um, but um, are you? Um, have you got? You probably can't tell me this. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, have you got Marvel Weekly plan to make a return? Uh, that is correct. I cannot tell you about that. Okay. <laughs> that was nice. very, very nicely answered. Ooh, um, I'm, I'm going to take that as a yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little quick fire round that I typed sure. here. Um, but but Norin has actually already asked, asked some of them. So favorite set we've done. Um, favorite. I'm going to. Oh, this is a cheeky one. Favorite artist. Uh, are we talking sketch card artists or overall artists? Your call, cool, sir. That's the question I want to hear. Good man. Yeah. That was that was Your cool. <laughs> good work. Your cool. Uh sketch cards, I'm a big fan of obviously Freddie In stuff is has been phenomenal over the of last course. year or two. Um cool. everything that he puts together. I'm also a very large fan. This actually answers both or fills both categories. Um Bob Larkin who oh, did yes. stuff for 2017 Marvel premiere and he's done stuff for the flare ultras, uh, flare ultra sets. Um, going back to the 94 set, yeah. um, Bob Larkin does an amazing job any time that he's given, you know, that he's able to, to, to draw something for us. I, I love everything he puts out. He gets so these nice. Guys. Uh, in, it depends. Um, so for some of these smaller artists, we don't necessarily get to go out and meet. It usually comes down to, they're going to be at a convention. I'm going to be at that convention. Yeah, yeah. I'll usually, I'll usually go through artist alley. And like, if I see anyone that I notice, I'll be like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm mad. I work with upper deck. Um, and I'm not the only person that does that. Um, our talent relationship team will do that too. They'll go yeah. through and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, so-and-so I'm with upper deck. I'm just stopping by to say hi. Um, and they'll also look for new people to add to our talent pool as well during that time frame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the only, I think during Comic-Con is the only time that we will explicitly have artists at our booth. Um, so I think one year, I don't recall if we actually had Juice go at Comic-Con one year. You did. Like you did. Yeah. 20, it was like 20, 2014 or 15. Yeah. It was definitely 14. Yeah. He yeah. was signing the big prints of Lady yes. Sif and someone else. Can't remember now, but I bought two off eBay and they're <laughs> rare as hen's teeth. They're rare as hen's teeth now. <laughs> Yes. Um, um, but yeah, that, that's the one where we'll actually have artists that are at the convention. We'll be like, hey, listen, we'll do a promo spot with you. Um, so I think, uh, was it last year or the year before we had David Nakayama come out um, and do sign a bunch of stuff for us? Um, and we, you know, dedicated like an hour or two to him. And we usually try to get artists that are relatively recent. Um, like a good friend of mine, we had Nia Rafino um, uh, come out to the booth because she did a gallery. She did the. Uh, um, what was it? The Electra, I think it's called the Electra Boogaloo print. Yeah. Uh, oh. Which is done, it's done in that very, uh, uh, what, uh, I believe his name is Nigel, our artwork style from like the early and mid 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so we had her do, uh, or we commissioned her to do that for that show. And then she was going to be at the show. So I talked with her and I was like, hey, why don't you come out for like an hour or two and, you know, we'll get you to sign some stuff. And it's, it's good promotion for both, both the artists and us. Yeah. 
So yeah, we fun. had um, those those San Diego ones because you're in San Diego, did you say? San, you? Greater San Diego area. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the um, um, so obviously that's you know for me it's Mecca the San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> you know I've never yeah. been there. I'm in the UK. You know I wanted to go for my 40. If that didn't happen, uh, 50 <laughs> is the next big one. So maybe I'll get to go to it for that. But um, it's kind of the, the Glastonbury Rock Festival of the um, of the Comic Con world. You know it's it's that that kind of thing. So one day one day I'll make it there. But I make a point of, of buying those promos that you you have the artist sign. Mm-hmm. Um, off eBay, and that's my only, the only channel I can get them from, um, unfortunately. So, and I've got um, Eric Wilkerson. Yes, did some. Mm. Did some. Uh, David Dorman did some. Dorman. Uh, this yep. was Fleer Ultra Spider Man. You had, uh, which was 2017, I think you had signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were two others. I can't think off the top of my head. And then the year after, it was Ultra X Men related stuff and I got a few I can't remember those and then last year I've only seen one which is Bill Sinkovich mm. um, I, do, I don't know if we actually had him at the booth last year ah the, we may have had promos for stuff but yeah. I don't I don't explicitly recall having him at our booth mm. but I could oh, be mistaken on that that'll explain why I've seen relatively few of them on eBay yeah it, it, it is possible. Someone, yeah, yeah, it, it's possible that we had a promo of his artwork because I yes. know that he, I believe he does have a booth at Comic Con, and does. someone had the promo, and they walked up to his booth and they were like, "Hey, would you please sign this?" Ah, cool. that explains that. That explains yeah. that. Well, I did buy one of those, and it was in a package that Norin sent me that got lost in the mail. So oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. No. no. We've, we've sent we've, we've tons got, of stuff, but we've we've already claimed yeah. it as lost. So hopefully something yeah. comes up. But it's just that it's just that random one. Uh, Norin actually sent me two packages the same day. The one that did arrive had um, an original Jusco prelim from Masterpieces 2016, um, and um, I, I can never pronounce the guy's name, even though the Ko Cacao. Kyle uh, Cacao, I believe it's yeah, pronounced. Yeah. yeah, his original yeah. artwork before he did the digital finishes for Black Cat from Fleer Ultra Spider Man. Nice, and that so, was in the same package. So the interesting story with Kyle is that I there's a lot of people from when I was working at comic books that I actually brought over to Xenoscope because they'd be like, oh, we need art for this or art for that. And I would be like, hey, I know this guy that can do stuff. Um, so like one of the sketch card artists, I didn't actually know this at the time. We were commissioning art for him back in 2012, 2013. And then I saw his name pop up on a sketch card checklist. And I was like, wait a second. This is Salvador Velasquez, the same guy that, you know, did comic book stuff for us back then. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, so there's there's a bunch of guys that, you know, I kind of brought with me. Kyle was one of them. I actually knew David Nakayama from when I was doing, um, uh, what was it? I think it was called Avengers of Sinbad um, that for the comic book stuff. And I was like, you know, I bet he would be great for the X-Men 92 set, specifically oh. because he did the X-Men 92 covers. I was like, <sighs> let's bring this guy on board. Nice. So, wow. it, it, it was interesting to see the crossover between like, you know, because I hadn't talked to some of these guys for, you know, six months or so. And I was like, oh, man, we can bring some of these guys over here and see what they want to do. Uh, what was it? The old art director, Anthony Spey, has done a bunch of stuff for us. Um, and me and him, still good buddies. He's still back east. And, you know, every once in a while, I'm always trying to get him on board with more stuff. Wow. That's so sick. 
Yeah, that's so cool. See, this is this is the kind of thing where I kind of want to take you out drinking and have you tell me some more of these stories. Because <laughs> no, uh, if maybe. I go out drinking and I have a couple too many, I might say something I'm not supposed to. It's not uh, going to end well. And, <laughs> and we already have a yes. We'll figure this out. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit this together. We'll edit this together. Well, that fine. works. It's that works. <laughs> it's fine. We'll have you say all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm going to take a quick segue from the quick fire round because I have got a couple more questions on that. Sure. Because um, we were talking about artists. And I just want to give a thanks to this week's intro artist, uh, Vincenzo Riccardi. And um, everyone listening is probably thinking Whiskey Tango Foxtrot because we had him do it before. But, of course, he did two for us. He did one in English and the one at the beginning of this episode was in Italian, which is always wonderful to hear because it's a beautiful language. So, um, so Vincenzo, thank you very much for doing that for us. Um, I don't know what, I think I've just pressed the wrong button. I mean, there we go. Let's do that. There we go. I almost shared my screen with you then. Almost <laughs> shared my screen with you then, uh, which I actually should do because you need to feast your eyes on his Instagram. So I'm going to share my screen with you. Bear with me. Let me just share this. There we go. And you can see my screen and how marvelous is technology. Uh, so Vincenzo Riccardi, I have actually, if I can find which browser window. Oh, no, that's my upper deck. I shouldn't show you that. Uh, what's this? Uh, how no, many trades right do you have? Oh, I've got no idea. No, I've got no idea what's going on. I've got six browser windows open. I've got no clue what's going on. Here we go. Um, so Vincenzo, I apologize. I'm murdering this. Um, oh, your Instagram feed. Uh, Vincenzo underscore Riccardi underscore Vin Artwork um, or you can go and find him on Twitter which is a lot easier to say he's at Vin Artwork <laughs> on Twitter um, and he's posted something today actually which I retweeted on our Twitter account, mm. which is uh, Wolverine sketches I did for Marvel Upper Deck sketch card sets and he's just put together some Wolverine stuff and it's just wonderful he's got some flair he's got some marvel weekly i love that whole style and they look so good in person i commissioned him to do jubilee and magic for me so yeah yeah yeah. he did a magic on marvel weekly and he did a jubilee on flair so that should be coming in nice nice well i retweeted that and said i really need to get a commission from him they're clean they're beautiful (laughs) love that color scheme smart yeah really nice really different i might have to drop some dime and actually uh, and actually do that so uh vincenzo thank you very much for that um so here's a question for you um Matt, let me stop sharing my screen because you don't want to accidentally see something. Um, I can't actually figure out how to not share my screen. I can't operate technology. Help me. Um, There we go. Right. I think I've turned it off. Marvellous. Matt, have you ever commissioned anything? Me personally? Yeah. I have. uh, Oh, from a sketch card artist? Well, anything. Uh, I've com- I've gotten stuff commissioned uh, personally, usually um, from uh, friends or uh, you know people that I know in the industry that I like their I personally like their art style. I have a um, eleven by seventeen uh, portfolio at home with just some of the stuff that I've commissioned. Um, like I said, like I got stuff in there from Nei. I've gotten stuff from Greg Horn. I've gotten stuff from a good friend of mine, Holly Golightly. Um, so. I have I have my own little collection of like sketches and you know just just line art nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, I think I actually had something from uh, what was it Billy Tucci as well. Ooh, okay. Um, wow. 
and like I said, that's all just private collection stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, from a sketch card perspective, I've not specifically done that because I like the 11 by 17 size just because it gives them a lot more canvas space to work on. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm usually a big collector of the um, blank sketch covers that you can get for like any given Marvel comic book where it just yes. has the name on it. And I can literally walk up to them and be like, hey, you know, here's a copy of Wolverine. Can you draw me Wolverine doing you know, Wolverine stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right art direction there. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine doing Wolverine stuff. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, Actually, makes a lot of sense when you think it about does. it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what does what does Wolverine do? Make him do that. Mean stuff. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that that's usually where I go. This just because it gives them a little bit more, a little bit more ability to get stuff done. A little bit more, uh, um, essentially, canvas space get a little more detail in there yeah yeah i've got five blank blackout issue ones ready for when <laughs> i um when i uh, a have the money and b um choose the artist um uh, to do them but um I, i'm looking forward to that Who, who's your character are you a character guy yes. or are you i i am a character guy and i'm not ashamed to say this colossus is my character yes i have um i i don't know if you can see it but i have the cover of x-men 390 tattooed on my forearm oh, it's, oh. um he um colossus really good man ki- yeah he kills himself to uh cure the legacy virus um yeah. that was probably one of my my favorite books of all time i know he's not a like like one of the a tier or top tier characters but he's always been my favorite guy wow he's great man love that you realize I'm, I'm that character yeah yeah. I'm going to need a picture of that um, tattoo for the tasting notes, Matt. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I think I got one lying around. <laughs> um, do you um, do you actually? Because obviously you 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 come up with the ideas for the product and you see it through the whole process. Do you actually collect any of the product that you've worked on since you were one of the things up today? So when I first started, I like I said, I'd been out of the hobby for about 15 years. And when they yeah. offered me a job and I started getting a steady paycheck coming, and one of the things I did for my own research and development is I just went out to my card store here and I just bought a bunch of just stuff in general, just a bunch of sealed product for me to rip. Yeah. And it was sports. It was entertainment. It was, you know, uh, you know, oddball, non-sports stuff um, just for me to rip. So I have that yeah. stuff still. Um as, I'm probably not as avid in a collector as I was, you know, 15 odd years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I just because, you know, there's a storage capacity, you know, set up in where I'm in my current living condition. So I can only house so much. Um, yeah. One of the things I am trying to do is basically have a, for lack of a better term, uh, a living inventory of everything that I do. So I'm trying to collect like a sealed box of everything that I've worked on and going forward, everything that I will work on just nice. for my own archive of things that I've created. So it's like mm-hmm. even when I was doing comic books, I had a full run of every book that I edited just for my own personal history type thing just to have that available so Great i'm still idea. trying yeah i'm just I, i'm still missing a couple of products uh like i'm trying to find a box of uh 2018 masterpieces that's not astronomically expensive at the moment i don't think i'm going to have any luck with that matt can you uh, not just <laughs> donate an organ or something like that man like, yeah I, I i i mean you know you've got two <laughs> kidneys i mean you can always just exactly <laughs> um i'm already down to one yeah, yeah he's old. out anymore he can make it <laughs> so yeah I, I i try to i try to keep like a living going forward like i said i started about a year ago i'm trying to keep a 
living history of everything that I work on. So I always make an effort to at least buy a box of anything that comes out. Yeah, I was wondering if you could hook me up with a physical box of um, Marvel ATIF just so that I've got the complete like thing because I like to have a box and a wrapper in my binder. Do you think you can muster one of those? That would be interesting because I don't believe one was designed. <laughs> ah. because, because it was explicitly EPEC, there was no need for a photo yeah. wrap. Yeah. Nobody yeah, was we've got- in the middle of making the box. You're like, I'm sorry, it's going to be EPEC. No! Well, we've, funnily enough, we've speculated before that we see the wrappers for the digital-only products like Marvel Weekly and Marvel ATF because you do see a picture of a wrapper. That's the whole yeah, kind of that's the whole kind of gimmick, I guess, about opening the pack online. Um, and we did on a previous episode say, wouldn't it be good if they just made some wrappers as like incentive <laughs> things for for those collectors, especially on the retro side of things, you know? Because yeah. you know, you, I mean, you know, as a collector, you know, you've got guys with binders and they've got the one of each type of wrapper in there and then they've got the especially the Ultra X-Men they've got the, the ones that came in the comic books you know the ones with a single yeah. card on each side yes. yeah those and then you know you've got um, I've got some of my long boxes upstairs I've got boxes that are flattening as I speak mm-hmm. like Marvel Beginning Series 3 I'm flattening one of those so it can nice. slide nicely into my binder nice. and I just leave it under one of those long boxes for a week and it, it sorts it right out I tell you. <laughs> nice there you go. so <laughs> It's really good. I used to do that when I, because I, I used to work in West End Theatre, um, and I was in box office, and then I went into the marketing side, and I've I've got um, pretty much a, a flyer and or a theatre poster or both from pretty much everything I worked on in that That's twenty so years, cool. um, which is not 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 an inconsiderable space uh, commitment. Given I went to a marketing agency, and at one point I was working on twenty different West End productions. But uh, we'll, we'll not go into that. Um, uh, on, the, on, on the quick fire stuff, what else? Have you ever had a trading card designed or made of yourself? The short answer is yes. Um, yeah. So there is um, in the legendary game, obviously, Marvel is the core. Uh, product in one of the expansion there's characters called bystanders which are essentially bonus points and it's usually a civilian person interacting with a hero um so if you go back i want to say it's either the civil war one or the civil war two expansion i am one of the bystanders in that trading card set that is so oh, cool man. i've got to find so, a picture of that i've got I, to find I, a picture of that. I, I think i have a picture of that floating around somewhere um but yeah so they do that for all the staff in in the oh, building so whenever a new bystander comes out they'll add in a new picture or a new uh, a new artist rendition of one of the staff well matt it, that that could be the picture of you that we use for the tasting notes that works it's it's funny too because um so in that bystander i am a they classified me as a banker and they're like what hero do you want to be paired up with and i'm like colossus obviously <laughs> but it, it's just a goofy picture because it like the concept is Colossus is returning stolen money to a bank, but it's just me oh, holding this giant burlap sack with a giant dollar sign on it. And it looks <laughs> like I'm giving the money to Colossus. It's, it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, I, I can probably dig that up for you. Oh, That's that awesome. Oh, I'm so looking forward to doing that. That's we, so cool. We, we have an enormous amount of fun doing the social um content for this uh, podcast because because norin made this little frame that's designed to look like the marvel universe series one um cards that you'll have seen us use i'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just so much fun just fitting stuff within it it just kind of <laughs> lends itself so you're about to be immortalized in that um <laughs> do you have a favorite marvel cards group 
on social media? That's a leading well, question. That's a cheeky well, question. <laughs> well, there's only there's only two, right? There's the Masterpieces uh, Collectors Group and there's the MCC Collectors Group. There See? we go. There that's we go. That's, that's, that's what it is. Exists, right? oh, boy. Here's a big burlap sack with a dollar See? sign on. Right. I'll, take yeah. <laughs> I'll take that money. I'll take that money. Oh, God. I think I've answered. I think, you know what? I think I've asked all the questions. I mean, the, the obvious one is if you open a, a, an office in the UK, hit me up you know i'm uh, i i'm available for um for um for weddings bar mitzvahs funerals nice. i think we've lost norin where's he gone shameless <laughs> uh, shameless well listen you know i've got someone from upper deck on you know they it's make true. the stuff oh, that we there. talk about at the moment so you know i might as well um um, um haul myself out um matt I, I i don't expect you to have an answer for this um do you have any questions for us? Um, Doesn't matter if you don't, and that's putting you on the spot. I just thought, yeah, you know. I, I, I didn't come into this thinking with uh, with, with the mindset of uh, you know firing a couple of questions your direction. I was thinking more of like, oh, you know, you guys will have questions for me. But uh, I, I guess my, my immediate, I, I'll skip the easy question of like, what's your favorite character to collect? Because I already know those <laughs> yeah, answers. Ian <laughs> won't shut up about it. Okay, gosh. <laughs> Um, I guess that I would my one question which would actually help me out is that if you could see one thing in a Marvel trading cards whether it's publishing or theatrical if you could see one thing in a Marvel trading card set what would it be like give me give me your wildest dream wildest dream oh Norin has pretty wild dreams so I might have to let him go (laughs) first on this Um, usually involving Silver, silver, shiny men. Um, <laughs> I. Mm, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Okay, I got. Um, one. I got one. Like an artifact card. So, like a p, like a manufactured piece of Thor's hammer, or like a piece of the surfer's board. You know what I mean? Or something kind of like made up because like in movies you have those kind of patches and all that kind of stuff right so just like these iconic elements or something like that i mean i guess there is a, rendi- a rendition of that or something like that we, but- we tried doing something like that with um if you remember in flare ultra spider yeah, we, did the spider-man. Sin- yeah. we did the synthetic mm-hmm. webbing uh, yes, I, yes, 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 yes really cool which um, re- well, yeah, be, yeah. that would be interesting if we get like like be like oh it's you know the the leather wrap from around thor's hammer or something right, or like a, a clip of uh captain american shield or something you know what I, mean? I just right. thought that because i love the webbing stuff too like that's so fun to see that in that kind of shadow box type of stuff right, right. that yeah. was really that was really yeah. cool right. yeah, yeah. those sh- that's shadow box cards they're thick love i've got hold of the black cat one from um premiere 2019 it's the only um, yeah. card I'm, 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 I've got from that set um, and it is it is literally I mean it's thicker than my iPhone right it's the, a, it's like, the the if I remember correctly the um, the Spider-Man cards were actually probably about twice as thick as the Premiere cards just because the the webbing material that we had to put in there was just so thick and round yeah. they, they were probably close to an inch thick yeah well wow. one of our yeah one of our group members actually uh, had one mailed to him because he pulled it and mm-hmm. he was showing like the the, the side view of it and I did, had no idea yeah, it, it, it was stuff. huge that's yeah. awesome up until then the previously the thickest card I had on that spectrum of um, kind of 
because props, uh, props and things, uh, we've talked about this, was uh, from the Lost set where they took pieces of the plane that they used in the pilot. Mm. And oh, they yeah, put them yeah, into yeah. the cards. And that is thick. I mean, that's that, that's pretty heavy as well. Not as heavy as your Master of Magnetism sets. Which that's really cool. That was a good idea too. Yeah. And I've, there's, there's 15 of them, which is I've got four spaces in my nine card page. Three spaces. I can't even do my sum. So I'm kind of thinking, was there an incentive for that? But no, there wasn't. Um, but the um, but that is that is heavy. I mean, if you drop that set of fifteen on your foot, you'd know about it. Um, but um, so they're, they're metal cards. You've done some pretty inventive things. I'm just kind of struggling to think of stuff. Um, what would be cool? What would be cool? What would be cool? Um, yeah, I missed the '94 holograms. Just gonna put yeah, that out there. Yeah, proper depth holograms. Um, yeah, the Marvel Universe ones that had that like color variation, yeah, that 3D. Yes. Ah, those were so sick. Last, not the ones like you did in beginnings, but proper. I love those two. Yeah, holograms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, would be a very welcome return. And mm-hmm. um, the I tell you what. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going back to stuff that's already been done, but it hasn't been done for a while. Is the, um, there was a Surfer Prism set, I think Comic yeah. Images, um, and they were pretty. Good. I mean, they were you know, they were light on LSD when you look at them, but they were pretty bonkers. Yeah, um, well, the speckle, uh, the speckles, and the the kilogram. They're kind the, of on that. They're kind of on that wavelength, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they but really are. Was, but that was a full set of those. Yeah, which, that was that was pretty. which was you know which was uh, pretty out there. Obviously, glow in the dark's been done. Scratch and sniff has been done, um, and I know you guys have been kind of plumbing the whole retro <laughs> scratch and sniff. There was a Punisher set. Cigarettes? Huh? There was a Punisher set with scratch and sniff cards. No way. Yeah, I'm not. I I I, I I'm going to bleep this. I shit you not. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure what they sm- were supposed to smell of. Maybe gunpowder. <laughs> that's scary. That's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, they 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 happened because um, I know uh, one of the guys in in the group, um, a fellow countryman of mine, Richard Wright. Um, good evening, Richard. Um, he was um, he was looking for one of them for the longest time. Oh, wow. uh, and he finally, I think he finally uh, achieved that. Um, I kind of go back to the whole um, um, kind of making it personal to the collector in some way. Um, and this is just blue sky thinking, so it might not be feasible in any way. So obviously there's the um, have yourself on a trading card. So that could be an incentive prize of some sort, you know, um, to, to, to do. Um, and maybe not just 10 of them. I think you want that to be a bit wider. Certainly for me, I'd like to feel that I've got a bet, better chance of getting that. And it being, <laughs> But it being completely random as opposed to first to spend the most. Because from a collector's point of view, the frustrating thing about the Marvel 80 from the Far From Home ones is that it literally was the biggest wallet gets it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that was quite frustrating and it felt quite... It felt um, kind of like a lower, middle, upper class thing in terms of the spending power that you had on EPACs sure. um, to get those. Um, and um, But I'm just thinking, and I don't want to take bread out of an artist's pocket. They obviously have artist APs that you give them, and then that's a private arrangement, albeit needing approvals at the end of it. That's a private arrangement between the artist and the collector. But I'm wondering if there's some way to bring an element of that into the product so that you can, so it kind of ties it up with the personal nature of it. 
Um, but I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. That might not be well, feasible, and it might set a whole slew of your <laughs> of your content creators. I guess. Okay, so then I, I did have a question then because that was an awesome question, and I wish I had a better answer too. I was, yeah. I was, I was oh, like, I'll think, oh, man, I'll think of a really, really good, good one, one, and I'll email should, it. I'm like, yeah, right. back yeah. Moment, I'm like my wildest dreams. In like, fact, because I'm. Like, can, I, can I pause you? Can I pause you, Matt? Do you mind if we put that question on the group? Sure. Oh, and yeah. just, and yeah, just, I, I, I would love know. to see the responses. Yeah, I, I think just, that, you know, and it, the whole it isn't. We're in this because we love the hobby, you know. Yeah. And we, you know, we're not we're not in this to be, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. There are elements of the fact where some of you, some of his stuff doesn't land as nicely as others, and some of it's preferred more than others. And you know, you're big enough and thick skinned enough, I'm sure, to be able to to take the rough with a smooth yeah. on that. So, and I, uh, I I think that's part that's part of it is that you know again it, let's say no holds bar you could do literally you could do literally anything I can give you yeah. the stars and yeah. obviously you know there's the reality that has to set in unfortunately yeah and no. then you have to settle for somewhere in the middle yeah but it might yeah. give you the germ of an idea to develop mm-hmm. something that you've had yeah, thinking about yes. a way Absolutely. to realize one of the things in your in your bucket this folder if you like because um, yeah. ultimately we want you know we do want to help you guys do these sets as much mm-hmm. as you'll uh, enable us to and as much as is feasible to yeah. so you know whether you engage with us by coming on the podcast and asking us questions or you just lurk and see what we're saying on the group you know <laughs> i don't really mind i'd like to think we you know we help out in some way so um but i did, yeah, did want to on the question sorry no yeah going. no we love we love to help and do anything we can of course i guess my my question i get the question i want to ask you is like what's the one idea you keep coming back to but you you haven't found a way to do it yet Ooh, uh i don't know how much detail i get into <laughs> about <Ooh>! that um <laughs> I'm trying to think something I could talk about that'll uh yeah that's that's probably a rough area just too because it's too much it's it's too much because because anything that uh like many companies anything that is thought of or conceived of as technically upper deck property while I'm it's still an employee yeah. there yeah it's right. um and so I can't be quote unquote divulging trade secrets for oh, lack no, of for sure. Sure. <laughs> for um, sure so I'm just trying to think if there's anything that's like been completely completely scrapped and i can't think of anything well what was one in the past that you did do that you felt really good about like finally getting in there um well definitely the flare ultra spider-man one um the the webbing card there was also the um this is obviously a uh, a side product but for the very first alien set um if you broke any of that there was a chestburster card which was (sighs) a it was a standard card that had a die cut in it that went through the entire card, but there was a little piece of nylon in there uh, or some type of fabric that looked like a like a chest burster from the movie Alien. And what you would do is you would put your finger through the card and you could have it look like a little 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 That's chest burster. That's so Alien. cool. That was probably oh, one of my, my favorite things. Um, I've got to get it, one of those. Alien had a lot of, of Alien had a lot of interesting ideas like. Um, I love the fact, and the, a lot of the retailers didn't like this um, because it was issues with balancing boxes, but the physical box itself opened up like an alien egg. Yes, so I saw had, that. With had four edges, and that was probably, like, I know a lot of people probably, you know, obviously they want the contents inside the box. 
that was probably one of my greatest moments and maybe oh. operations like most dreaded moments at the same time because <laughs> they have to come up with a whole new die and how this is going to work where the egg just like opens up and like there are all the packs inside. But now, oh. but see, like that idea is this, like, the, but then all of a sudden you're opening this box and it's not a standard opening box experience. It, mm-hmm. it makes it stand out. It gives it something yes. unique, something different, something that people aren't going to see before. And again, it goes back to that statement I said earlier. How many times can I show the exact same thing over and over again before someone yeah. gets bored? Of it? Yeah, I, I, I always imagine. try to I always try to do something new and something unique for every project that comes out with the hopes of someone that was on the cusp of being like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. See yeah. something and be like, no, I definitely still want to do this because that looks awesome. It's funny, too, because those conversations come up in the group all the time. It's like, I just spent too much on 2016. I can't do this right now. <laughs> and people yeah, are like yeah. <laughs> making those statements. And then all of oh, a sudden, yeah. you see more. And we're like, oh, I think we're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I, um, I know exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, we're going to wrap up shortly because um, I'm sure we've all got homes to go to. Oh, actually, <laughs> we're already in our homes. Sorry, that came out wrong. Um, right. I've got a couple more things that just came to mind. One of them, I don't mean this to sound like a, like a gripe, but um, is is yeah, not really, but I'm sure some people will be glad I asked it. Um, when you're planning ahead stuff it feels like the the announcement and this might not be your area so i'm hoping this will be a bit of feedback that that can carry through um it's tricky in terms of affordability because there are guys who like to go for multiple sets for not to know it's it seems to be that we're knowing less and less about when something is exactly going to drop in terms of budgeting for it um so marvel atf was obviously a very quick one and you know you had to <laughs> you had to have have the readies, and for a lot of people that will be a slow burn, um, me included. I'm still chipping away at it, um, but I know a lot of people are kind of saying at the moment. I'm sure you've seen them saying it. You know they're they're kind of not sure what to spend on. They've got to choose this or that because they simply don't know when it's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You, you might not have any feedback in that, but I was wondering if there was a uh, maybe a production or uh, what you're allowed to say by the license holder reason for the the kind of release dates being quite short notice on some things? Uh, a lot of that comes from our brand and business team um okay. like i said i don't i don't have a whole lot of input sure. or decision making on that side yeah, yeah, yeah um all i could say is that if a product is delayed there's probably a good reason it was delayed yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no that's fair enough that's fair enough okay well i guess we'll just have to carry on um, well, I, I, I did have a gripe. I'm just vicariously just going to put this out there. <laughs> just going to say, you know, there's a ban list, and I don't know about other people, but I'm feeling very personally affected by it. I feel like maybe it's it's directed at me, Matt, and I'm I'm just putting that out there just for you to know. Do you feel uh, th- that is definitely a statement that you have made? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's kind of that like, you know, <laughs> you know, people go onto airplanes with horses now and they're allowed to because it's their emotional support animal. Yes. Yes. It's kind of Noren's emotional support animal. So you're violating, you personally, Matt, are violating his <laughs> constitutional and legal rights. I'm ending the call right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, final question from me. Um, and then we'll let you go and get some lunch or some whiskey to get over it, and you'll be shaking as you draw it to your lips. Um, do you think it's likely that you'll carry on splitting uh, product over physical and digital release in the way that you did with Annual, in the way that you did with Flare, um, in terms of 
a power blast set that's in physical and a power blast set that's in EPAX, for example? That's uh that's a question for debate. Um, there, there have been times it's kind of a uh, experiment for lack of a better term. Like obviously there were cards specific to hobby. Um, and then there were cards that were sp- specific to EPAC. A lot of that was because of the feedback we were getting where EPAC had the achievements to go with it. Um, as part, as part of that, that's the EPAC exclusive content. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's still kind of a, a living experiment for lack of a better term. Mm. Um, whether or not it will continue, I, probably can't say at the moment no of course um, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, 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 we're it, it's always something that we're reevaluating um you know and you know what 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 happens today is not necessarily what's going to happen tomorrow yeah. um you know so we're, we're, we're always kind of juggling feedback and trying to make everyone um make everyone aware that we hear your feedback and your criticism all the time um and it, it's even if it's negative it's a good thing yeah. um because it you know, gives us information on how to move going forward. Those yeah. changes may not necessarily happen in the next release, but they will happen going. Yeah. yeah, they will happen in the in the in the future. Yeah. Well, it's, we 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 always try and be as constructive as we can because there's no point in you know setting fire to the thing and then throwing it at you via the computer. Although I'm sure you've had people do that to you from, from oh, yeah. what you've alluded to. Um, so we, yeah, we try and um, stay as constructive as we can. And, you know, the whole ethos of this thing is to, you know, we are uh, as, as tried as some people may find it um, hashtag one hobby, you know, we're trying to be, you know, <laughs> there's no point in, in going off and saying, well, I'm just going to sit in the corner over here and pout because it's not the way I want it for this release. You know, it just yeah. doesn't, just, doesn't do anyone any favors so um i think you get where we're coming from on that because you've listened to enough of it so um but please you know whenever you go into one of these big meetings just you know pass on our thanks because we recognize you guys are you know are doing some you know big stuff and you're trying to keep it fresh and that much is evident you For know, sure. Yeah. It's, and I think it's really all, evident to us. Yeah. We all we all really appreciate all the hard work you guys put in obviously and you know really love the designs and it's just so nice to hear that you're the one who's always trying, you know, from an artist and a creative standpoint, always trying to push yourself forward and find inspiration in anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have someone at the helm that's making that decision and always pushing themselves forward is just reassuring and really fun. And yeah, it's so cool to, like, speak to you about this stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No problem. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad, glad you guys invited me. <laughs> no, it was so, it was, yeah, really. Thanks. It was so funny because, you know, I always see how things go on blowout and stuff like that. And I was like, let me just email him and say thank you. <laughs> and just be like, <laughs> how are you, man? Because <laughs> I was no, just no, like, it's all good. this poor guy. <laughs> there, there, you're you're, you're not alone because, like, obviously the people that are openly aggressive and openly negative are – I will assume is the minority of total people, especially on blowout and whatnot. 95% of the people on there are genuinely positive. They're like, Hey, listen, I I don't like this thing, but I appreciate what you're doing and thank you for the help. Mm -hmm. And thank you for helping me guide through this. Mm -hmm. That's how I see the majority of people that are in just the general collecting community altogether. Yeah. But it's the, the ones that are the, the ones that are, that do have a negative outlook or are genuinely upset are the ones that usually talk the loudest 
Yeah. yeah, or spend more time on the internet than elsewhere. So. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> With, uh, without looking at myself in the mirror too much. Um, no, we. I mean, listen. Um, all the guys in 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 our group, generally speaking, anyone who pulls any of that sort of stuff, they're they're, they're showing the door because it's yeah. too <laughs> life's too short. Quite frankly, you know, yeah. we want to be there and talk about stuff we enjoy, um, and we do enjoy it. So, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate well, you making well, thank time you for us so today. Matt. Thank you, no problem. Um, and um, if you um, if you ever want to, door is always open. You know, we'd love to have you come back on at some stage. You know, yeah. if, if you if you ever free on a Saturday afternoon, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, just drop me a line. Yeah, we, <laughs> will, do. we will. Maybe do. after like a big release or something, you know, just a recap or something. We'd love to hear your thoughts of like, you know, what were some of the biggest challenges or what was really fun for you for that set or something like that. I think that'd be or really maybe, cool for people. You know, to hear. or maybe you know, questions from folk in the group. You know that kind sure. of yes. thing. Cool. Yeah, like so, an FAQ. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, that'd be good. All right. Well, listen. Um, I'll just I'll just head us out. Um, as ever, folks, you can find us at the MCC Pod on on the Twitter, on the Instagram, and on Facebook. And I've got no idea what we're coming up next week because um, we haven't planned it out yet. So <laughs> we didn't even know for sure we'd have a guest this week until <laughs> until uh, when we recorded the last interview with Jalen Warner. Now, the reason I came up with the questions thing for you is that Jay Lynn came on and he had a list of questions for us <laughs> uh, as, I'm, as I'm sure you may have heard so I did. Uh, but, but bless him he's, he's a character we love him dearly um, thank you Matt and uh, thank you everyone for listening Matt um, you've got to see us out on this podcast you know how we sign off oh I think I could do that hey chat it's Matt from Upper Deck I want you to get a little close get have a little fun maybe pour yourself a nice glass of wine a little drink Enjoy my collecting out there. <laughs> ah, perfect. Oh my goodness me. Oh, I'm so glad I'm sat down right now. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. You can subscribe via our home on anchor.fm forward slash MCCP. Leave us a message via that link with questions, comments, or just to say hi, and we may even play on the show. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Our podcast is at The MCC Pod on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find links on our Facebook page to the two groups, MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. On Instagram, find us at MM Collectors and at Sketch Card Hive. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time, and remember, it's a small hobby but a fun one. Make mine Marvel, and enjoy collecting. <laughs> <laughs>